Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And today, I have a guest that's going to help you unleash your creativity. I know a lot of us get stuck and we have our idea of what being creative is. And you are going to feel so liberated and so free. You're also going to feel what it's like to trust and believe in the photos you take and a couple other surprises. So get ready to trust and believe with Nick Onkin. Somebody say, oh yeah. No, no, no. What's up? You're better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I've been wanting to ask you a question for a very long time. (laughs) So... A lot of times when I meet people, I'm kind of a feeler of sorts. I kind of like really connect to people's energy right away, especially if I have to do like a project with them. I really kind of immerse myself in what it is that they need to be the to do the best job that they can do, especially when teaming up with me. But, you know, I hear a lot of people out there talk about that they're not creative. They say, I'm not a creative person. I'm not a creative person. And I always I'm like, I just don't believe that to be true. But then when I met you, you read creativity, like the aura around you is creativity. And I always wanted to ask you since I met you, you know, what do you see? And I know that might be a really weird question, but I just don't believe you see like other humans see, like you, you see something. And so like when you start to visualize, you know, what is your creative process? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think for me, like, I see I see so many different things. I mean, I see snapshots and photographs everywhere I walk and everywhere I go and I see I see people's energy as well. Like I read, you know, when we when we first met, we we jumped in and the sauce was flowing, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a big thing that I pick up on is is different people's energy and that inspires me creatively as well, you know, whether it's photography or even infusing that that energy into the hats that I'm making and and all of that. But I think I walk through life with a lens of creativity and a lens of like, oh, not only just like 
creating artistically, but also the idea of creating my life and creating the experience mm. that I want to, uh, to, to experience in life. And um, so everything infuses, you know, it's kind of almost like this, this cycle that just life influence and in, in, uh, influences creativity and creativity influences life. That's what I love, you know, about, you know, dressing with styles. It just like inspires me to like live my fullest expression and creativity and, and be that in the world. And, you know, everyone I meet that's either similar to you or that, um, has this incredibly creative mind. I just know that their childhood was special in some way because, you know, like I have a friend and her daughter, her, I mean, I think she's 16 now, 15 or 16, but I'm, I knew her since she was six and she would be the little girl that went to school every day and she would carry an umbrella. Even when it, mm-hmm. if it wasn't raining, she would, and everyone would be like, I think they probably look at her like, okay, you know, like that's interesting. But to her, it really was her personality. So what was that thing or what was that defining moment as a kid for you? Because I know you had to be the kid in a class that people were like, wow. At least that's the way I would, I I think I would say wow, wow. Yeah, you know, I think I had an inch. I mean, my, my upbringing was very... I guess I grew up in a very conservative Christian upbringing, but then I also was really, my parents really encouraged me to practice whatever I wanted to art- artistically and however that went. So in high, and especially in high school, I was doing all kinds of different, I was doing drawing, painting, sculpture, pottery, photography, graphic design, and like made us like experiment with all these different mediums and, you know, to, to really figure out which one was the direction that I wanted to go. So um, you know, I mean, maybe I didn't carry an umbrella with me, everywhere. <laughs> uh, but I was definitely encouraged to really pursue my creative, um, explorations. And I think that's really what shaped and allowed me to step into this, to the world of creativity as a career, as an artist, as whatever it is, creative alchemist is now what I'm kind of, uh, experimenting with in terms of my, my, my vision and direction. I like that. And I'm sure you read the book, The Alchemist. Of course. Of course. It's a couple times. incredible. Oh my. A couple times. See, that's what I like. That's, that's when you know somebody really gets into it. And, and I just remember reading that book and the visualization, you know, when I read something, I actually create a movie out of it, you know? So, mm. and it's kind of like to read that book again, it's kind of like watching a movie again, but then also um seeing which parts like emotionally make you rise emotionally if you will give you that emotional rise um so why creative alchemist what made you just decide on that as a title for yourself well i think it's because i've been trying to figure i've I've started over the last few years i started as a graphic designer and that was my first career and then i moved into being a photographer and i started shooting you know shooting all these different celebrities and brands and magazines and all these different things. And that, that career kind of did a, that business did really well for a while. And then as, as social media and things like kind of flip things upside down, I started exploring other mediums. So painting, as you can see behind me, those, some of those paintings and then, 
um, hats I've been making for a couple of years and then podcasting. And I've just really kind of expanded my, the mediums that I create with. And I've, I've been kind of over the last couple of years trying to think of like, okay, how can I bring all of this into like one, a little bit more of an umbrella. And so the idea is, is that, uh, creative alchemy, you know, to be able to alchemize everything from within. I'm really big into like personal development and spirituality stuff and how that integrates into the artwork and into the outward expression. So it is a process of alchemy. You know, you talk about the alchemy or the alchemist in the book. It's, it's so much about the journey and going through the journey versus the actual destination. And that's the creative process is the alchemy of what's happening inside of you as it ex- gets expressed to the external space of you. And so that's where the, that's where the idea of creative alchemist comes from. And so I know that again, there are a lot of people out there who say they aren't creative. And I think a lot of times it's because they put up this block. So, you know, how would you inspire that person to say, you know, to kind of let down their walls, to be fearless and really kind of, like really get into that self-expression. And the reason why I ask that is because hearing that you grew up in a conservative Christian household, which I did too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, and I don't know how you felt about it, but I know that just religion in general can for some people feel like it creates barriers where you aren't able to express yourself. And you had parents that were like, no, like go do that. So what would you say to people who kind of want to branch out and really express themselves and create their own kind of destiny through their creativity, but they have, you know, some sort of barrier or fear that's holding them back? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think I've been working through, working on this, this idea, this course, this process, this program that I'm working on and coming out with called Identity Alchemy. And the first step of that identity alchemy is, is deconstruction. And I think the first piece would be to start deconstructing those belief systems the belief system that i'm not an artist the belief system that i you know like that's that's not my thing and i think part of that deconstruction is the idea that like is the belief that you have to actually be an artist or to be creative you have to be an artist right well i don't think that's the case everyone is creative we're all able to create something from nothing if you're an entrepreneur you're a creative right you can your your art is your business uh, you know and that could be anything if you if you love cooking your art can be cooking i think it i think being creative is first breaking down that that belief system that you know, you know, creativity is just artistic. Uh, and then you can start to kind of step into the space of curation, which is like kind of second part of the process of the curation of, okay, well, who do I get to be in this world? Who, you know, what can I create if I'm not artistically inclined traditionally? What is my art? What do I want to make? You know, and that could be that could be anything. I mean, you could be an event curator, yeah, an, an event artist, or <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> yeah. whatever lights you on fire. I think, you know, then that part of the process is really about experimenting and trying new things without the pressure of it having to be something. You know, play is such a huge piece of creativity, and this could be just playing in any sort of medium where nobody's watching right? Mm. Nobody has to know what you're doing. Um, you don't have to have the pressure of, of pr- putting your work out there and it being something like, I think the, that first step is after you've kind of 
moved past that barrier of the limiting belief that you know art or creativity has to be art then you can start playing and experimenting and then you can start if you want to take that further you can go and become that in the world and and do that but um you know it really just comes down to the aspect of breaking the belief and experimenting and playing and just having fun and creating the creating the sandbox to play right creating a sandbox in your life and you know whether that's one night a week that you get to try something new might go take a class or take a class online and experiment with something that you can then take that knowledge and go and create i mean there's so many like masterclass um for instance has so many things that you can play with and that's how i've over the last few years i've just started playing with different mediums and playing with different things now i'm playing with djing and messing around with that i wouldn't i wouldn't call myself a dj or anything but you know i'm just messing around with it it's fun i'm playing with it (laughs) so that's that's i think the biggest piece or both those two kind of things are the biggest pieces to walk away with there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. First of all, that sounds like a, an amazing course, but also I think that um, you kind of, at least for me, I mean, I'm a creative person and I dive into it and I don't even care what it is. If I feel like I want to do it, I want to try it. But just hearing you say that being creative doesn't equate to what we know as art, right? Because like you said, someone who's an entrepreneur or an event planner or whatever it is that you do, that is your creative space. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people, you know, I I know I've encountered just a lot of people in general, they look at either celebrities or they look at someone who became famous for something great and they look at them and they immediately put people on a pedestal. And I actually don't like that because I'm, you know, I feel like you and I can go talk to the person at the mall if we're walking by them and they can teach us something, you know? And so I like to empower people to really trust and believe that what it is that they're doing at this moment is creative. It is helping the world because, you know, you're made up of whatever you're made up and you're able to do something that is, you know, passionate to you. So what you say about everything can be, you can utilize creativity in everything that you do and it can be your art is so dope to me. I think that's like such a cool thing. So you have to let me know when this course drops, because I got to tell people (laughs) they need to go do that because no one talks about that, you know? And, uh, you know, you talk a lot about different mediums and and I think it just opens people's minds up. Um, especially because you're trying different things and, you know, I know you as a photographer, right? Initially, Um, which I definitely want to talk about for a second. So as a photographer on, as a, as the person on the other side of the lens, looking at someone as, you know, art or passion or whatever you see them through, you know, being on the other side of that camera, being the person getting the photos taken can be 
tough and, and heavy and scary because, you know, you're constantly being judged, right? And so we have this, we have social media out there and we have whatever out there where we are now taking a lot of pictures and everybody's like filtering and editing and cropping and all this stuff. And so for you as the expert and artist on the other side of the lens, what kind of freedom can you give people when it comes to taking pictures, posting pictures, editing pictures? Like what? Cause I feel like we get stuck for the double click, you know, we get stuck in like get one that double tap, you know? So what, how, what kind of power can you give people when they go into that taking the photo space? Yeah. You know, I think the first thing to know, I mean, if you're working, you know, if we're, we're talking about working with a photographer, I think the, the, the first thing is, is like, everyone takes a bad picture. We just take a lot of them, enough of them to, to throw the bad ones out, right? And, you know, as a good photographer, you get more better ones out of the batch, you know, you're throwing less of them away. So that's the first step. But I always preface everybody that I work with, I always preface that I'm like, don't worry, like, be yourself, you know, bring your sauce. And we'll throw all the bad ones out, you know, but the more we can play and have fun, the more we're going to ha- have like such a great time and that that energy is going to show through i mean when you and i shot together at lewis's thing you know you felt the energy right like and i was playing off of your energy and you were playing off of my energy and we had a blast and then that came through in all the photos right so i think i think being able to like step first of all if you're working with a photographer just kind of throw all that stuff aside throw the the limiting beliefs aside get a good night's rest feel good you know feel positive you know we got we got to take care of our earth or earth suits too you know i mean which is what you teach right like fitness and health and like you know get your get your your body in gear as well as your your mind and your soul and all these things and this is kind of like long-term prep coming into a photo shoot is prepping up for that and feeling good and coming into it so you know, and then I have different tricks and, and different things of like, you know, sometimes it's like, like blowing out your lips to like relax the muscles in your face. And, nice. and that's, you know, this is kind of more on set on, you know, working with me, working with a photographer type of thing. But if you're posting your own photos, I think one, one of the big things I see, and this is kind of what I'm also teaching with uh, the identity alchemy stuff is how do you create a brand, a personal brand that's congruent with who you are? into what you're posting in social media and content wise, because sometimes you see a lot of incongruence, which leaves you. So it's like, you have like this, Hey, look, I'm hot photo, but then like the caption is completely irrelevant to, to the photo. Right. And yeah. so you're like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. The, the person's brain you're going to is experiencing cognitive dissonance because they're like, wait, I don't know what this they're, they're trying to tell me the the photo is telling me one thing, but then their caption is telling me a whole different, thing. So I think now it's like, how do you create a personal brand that's in alignment with who you are and what your message is? Um, so that's kind of moving into the actual uh, posting of content and creating content. So that's kind of constantly what I'm thinking of um, when it comes to building that personal brand, telling your story is creating that congruence, that congruent through line. So, you know, I want to get back to, I love what you said about, um, you know, we all take a bad photo. Like worth, you know, the goal is to throw away the bad and like, you know, how many good photos do you get out of the batch? But do you, ha- maybe you can't answer this question, but if you can, I think it will free up a lot of people's <laughs> mental health. 
you know, we take a bunch of photo photos of us and we are throwing a batch away. And then you ever notice that you as a photographer or you just helping someone choose a photo, you say, oh my gosh, that photo is really good. And that person's like, no, that photo sucks. And we see that person from the outside and they look at them from the inside. What do you, what is that thing? Like, what are those things that people are looking at that like make them think a photo is bad when we on the outside or you, especially as an expert photographer sees as good? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because I've encountered that a handful of times where, you know, it's that person's own limiting beliefs and the way that they see themselves. When I, as a photographer, know that they look good in this photo and they look amazing and I think they look great. Um, but it's, I think it's also that person that there is, there is an inner alchemy to it of learning to you know, see like where you accept yourself and where you love yourself and where you embrace yourself. Um, and that's a, that's a whole internal process in and of itself. And that's probably the deconstruction phase of identity alchemy is like, okay, that's another belief to start to examine. That's another space within yourself to examine of like, okay, am I, am I really too hard on myself? Am I just comparing every, myself to everyone or how much can I own my own flaws and my own, you know, body in that respect and, and put that out there? Because the other piece of it is the ownership of who you are and, mm. and the ownership of your flaws and the ownership of, of those things. Like I don't tend to like retouch stuff too much because it's like, and then, you know, and my clients have a range of different you know, some people want to be seen with more of their flaws or like the, the, the not, not as like fake smooth skin and, and stuff like that. And it is, it really comes down to that level of, of how much self-love you have, how much, how much confidence that you want to exude that's beyond the physical uh, body, right? It's like that energy that's coming through. So, you know, it is, it does come down to that. And I think also if you hire the right photographer and you trust that person and they say that it's a great photograph then and like you look great, then step into that. You know, I think that's part mm -hmm. of also when I'm doing the, uh, the photography piece with these entrepreneurs and thought leaders and different people that I work with, you know, part of it is creating this identity and this aspirational identity that people want to step into, you know, and it's like, okay, if I see this photo of me, like, how can I step into that and own who that is in that photo and then present that to the world and tell that story? Um, cause that's also the piece of development within yourself. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's about examining your own heart. It's examining where you're accepting yourself, your self-love, and then stepping out with confidence within that. Those photos you took that day of me in Ohio at Lewis's thing, it was the first time where, you know, I really stepped outside of myself and, you know, it was just so natural. Like the light was what it was, what we had, you know, usually I don't like pictures that are like super close to my face. And I think that was the first time where I got a bunch of photos back and I was just like, wow, like it was just so see, it was, you know, I was dressed, you know, and I was having fun, but it was also like me in real life. You know, like, uh, you know, I talk, I talk to people a lot about like having a mirror moment and you know, I tell them, like, instead of just going to the thing that you don't like every day, 
you know, like there's something about you that looks good. But having talked to you now, I can also say, but you can accept what's not great too, or what you don't think is great, you know? And the sooner that you love that part of you, the sooner, sooner you accept it, you know, and it just becomes, cause I think that like, you know, we're, this is, we're in our skin. Like this is what we're wearing. And while some people change it through surgery, most of us aren't. And so it's kind of like accept it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that the energy and the confidence and the ownership shows up and shows through in photographs more than the actual um, physicality, right? Like Mm. the the fact that like, you know, you brought that sauce, we just brought the sauce, right? We brought the energy (laughs) and like we were vibing hard and like it was so fun and you were owning yourself in those photos and I could see it. And I was like, you know, that's, that's what, that's the energy that I was playing out too, is that I was like working with you on, maybe it wasn't necessarily directly, you know, but that's like how I work. And, um, it is, it really is. It's like, how much are you owning it? And that, that confidence and the energy shows through more than anything. Hmm. All right, now I want to switch gears because I want to talk about what'd you say you were in a plant based medicine something <laughs> or other? Can we talk uh, about that? Like, I'm all about that life. <laughs> plant medicine. So, plant medicine. Um, yeah, I don't know if have you ever done plant medicine like ayahuasca? No. Or? That's why I'm like, so I want to hear about this. So, <laughs> big time. Well, yeah. So I went to this place called Arcana International last week in the Yucatan. Um, and it was beautiful. It was an amazing ceremony. Uh, I just, I'm dropping a recap of it this week on my podcast. So it's like, a, if you cool. want a full recap, you can go check that out. But it was, it was, we did pay, we did actually, we did a sweat lodge the first oh, night. Oh, snap. For real? Yeah. I'd never done one before. You're the first person now that has told me that you've done one. So tell people what a sweat lodge is. Like, tell them what it is because they need to know what this is. Yeah. So this a sweat lodge is actually it's a medicine that they you know it's like the indigenous tribes use and have used for years. And it's like this. It's kind of a circular kind of yurt type of thing but it's this one we went in was like completely concrete all the way around and they had like a little door and they were like um they had a big fire going outside and they were like cooking up and heating up these rocks so they were Mm -hmm. like molten hot red rocks and like we all piled in around we got in and we like went around in a circle on the outsides and in the center they had like a little pit where they would bring they brought the rocks in and then probably brought like 10 of them in put them in a pile and they would take water and dump them dump water on onto the rock so it steamed up the whole room kind of like a sauna but this is like we were in there for over an hour and it was wild i mean i i'm the guy that i like sit in a hot tub for like five minutes and i overheat and i have to like sit inside <laughs> of it i was like how am i gonna make it how, how am i gonna do an hour in the sweat lodge i don't know i don't know if i could do that but why do people do it so one thing that keeps you through is your breath is if you can mm. keep like your your uh, calm breath going all the way through, much like an I don't know if you've ever done an ice bath, um, like a yeah. cold plunge where you sit there for like at least three minutes, and it's like so much about controlling the breath because the breath controls regulates your whole body temperature. That that's what allows you to stay in for so long. Um, but for me, so they do like in the sweat lodge, they do like a different. They had like they were singing and chanting and doing different things. They took you through like a uh, f- water and earth 
set part of the ceremony and then a fire and then air part of the ceremony. And they do different things from that. So, you know, at the end of the medicine, at the, it was like an hour, 15 minutes or something like that. We got out. My body was buzzing. I mean, I was oh. like shaking. It was crazy. And it felt really good. Your body was so high. And like you just sweat out all the toxins and sweat out everything. Um, so I think that's a big piece of the medicine. You can also transcend into different spaces. I had this whole um, experience with my grandmother as she was passing this last couple, the last couple of weeks, and so we, I walked through this whole spiritual experience of of mm. walking her home and and something, and that was a whole medicine in and of itself. So that was the first one, and then you know we did peyote the second two nights or the first two nights, uh, which is a cactus. And those were and all night ceremonies. That? What's that? Okay, t- tell me more. I'm in- I'm interested. So what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so peyote is a cactus. It's masculine cactus, and you actually eat the cactus chunks. Um, and it's a it's a psychedelic. So these are all psychedelic plants, but these are all medicines. So the amazing thing about plant medicine is that it is intelligent and it takes you mm. it's like you know people say it's like doing three years of therapy in, in like a night or two nights and it's powerful um, I've been doing mushrooms and and I've done ayahuasca before over the last couple of years and it's been so healing for myself uh, but peyote was very much about being present it's about presence and there was a point where I was like blasted off and I was like uh, seeing all kinds of crazy fractals and colors and different patterns and, and shapes through most of the night. And then I woke up kind of, I kind of came out of it a little bit more into, like later in the night. And I had this experience where I couldn't literally, I had no English. Like I couldn't label anything. It was really wild. And yeah. And so I opened my eyes and I was looking at the sky. I was looking at the full moon. I was looking at the trees, but I literally could not formulate words to label them. And so it was interesting to look at life through like almost a new newborn baby's eyes where you're, you're not attaching mm. any story, any, a story to anything, right? You're just observing and witnessing the world for what is. And that was for me, the big lesson with peyote was like the present moment and being present and observing what is without attaching story of future or past because you know when we attach all these future stories worry about the future regret the past all these things that's what creates suffering and if we're always in our minds and we're always we're never in the present moment we're in a suffering space of either wanting or regretting or things like that so peyote was really interesting in that respect a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's interesting because I was going to actually ask you, you answered it in your answer, but I was going to ask you, you know, was that scary? Because if you think about it, someone in that, like I've never done mushrooms. I've never, I've talked to, I've talked to people who've done it and people have offered me to do it. I just don't think I'm ready for that just yet. But I think it's fascinating to be in a space in a psychedelic space or to hear about being in a psychedelic space and it's not fearful. You know, you're like, you like, I can't, I don't know English. And I think my anxiety <laughs> mind would be like, Oh my gosh, will I ever be able to speak again? But then I'm thinking, and I don't even know if I'm speaking like, you know what I mean? You don't even know <laughs> what's happening. Um, so I was going to ask you, was it scary? But then you said you kind of related it to being a baby, which I thought was just kind of fascinating because children, you're right. They don't have a, they don't know past or future. They only know now. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, and, and I, I probably, I wasn't as scared because I was, I've done many, many psychedelic journeys up until this point. So the one thing with all these is crafting the set setting and intention um, going into it. And if a good, really good book to read is the, how to change your mind by Michael Pollan. Um, cause he comes at it from a very scientific, uh, perspective. He's a scientific food journalist and he talks about psychedelics and, you know, the history of the research, his firsthand experience, and then the, uh, all the new neuroscience that's happening around. So it's like very grounding, very good to know that like, all you have to do is trust and know that you're going to be okay. You, you will come out of this. You'll be fine. Um, that's the first intention, you know, I, yeah, there was points where I, it with peyote because I'd never done it before. I was like, wait, I, I, there was some twinges of fear coming in there, but I think fear is balancing the thoughts in your mind. Right. And becoming there's like new levels of awareness of, a, of becoming aware of where you're experiencing that. Cause those fears, all it is, is thoughts in your mind and worries. Mm -hmm. And then those trigger the feelings in your body. Um, so yes, there was some of, there was a little bit of that cause I'd never done that medicine before, but also knowing that I have done medicines before that I was going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, what's um, on the other side. Yeah. That's cool. And it's beautiful, you know, and then ayahuasca was even more beautiful and intense and, um, and it's very much a therapy medicine and it blows my mind how deep you can go and for me it was like you once you tap and once you take enough and get yourself into the portal you're almost like having a conversation with the medicine or your higher self or whatever you want to call it as almost like a therapist like you can ask her questions um, they call it mama aya uh, grandmother medicine is what it is and you can ask questions and she'll take you to the places that you need to go to heal Right. And she'll, you know, there is what's called the purge is like when you throw up and, and, but the thing is around the medicine, it doesn't really, it's totally different. And you're actually, you're purging these traumas from your body. You're getting rid of this stuff and you kind of actually want to make sure that it gets out, uh, which can be daunting. Cause I mean, who likes to throw up? 
Not me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Just thinking about that. I'm like, I do know, I know, I think I know one person that's actually tried that. And she said, you know, she described it very similar to you. And then I spoke to a gentleman who did shrooms and everybody describes it in terms of therapy. And I just think it's like such, it's, you know, it's incredible because no one thinks of it like that. And it's, it's powerful. You know, if you're willing to like throw yourself into the fire a little bit, know that you're always going to be okay. You're always going to be held. You're always going to be, you know, and the shamans in the room are just incredible. We worked with these Peruvian shamans who, um, the 63 year old woman from the Amazon and she just, they sing these Icaros, which are the songs and they actually channel like music from the plants and it's really wild. And like, they just sing it. And it's just like, when you're on the medicine, it's just like this healing vibration that moves through your, your body and your soul. And it just takes you for this journey and heals you. You know, it's like people are getting free and healed from like childhood traumas and it's so beautiful and the medicine just knows where to go and it's intelligent and it's it blows my mind and like literally in so many different ways. Literally, <laughs> literally blows your mind. I, I do want to ask you about your hats because it's so freaking cool, but also, you know, where did the idea of creative hats come from i don't know if you have a name for it or if people can purchase it but i'm looking at your hat rack behind it and i'm like okay i need to know a lot more about this yeah so i used to do i i mean i never really got into hats until a couple of years ago and i had a friend who had a hat factory here in new york and i was start she got me into it and i was working you know kind of making stuff with her but she had a whole crew of people doing it she shut it down and then i started playing with them over a couple of years and eventually, like, I would wear them, I would wear the hats out, and people, everybody would always be asking me where I got the hat. And I was like, oh, I made it, you know. And then I was like, I was walking through Soho House in LA one time, and this, yes. I was walking to the bathroom, and I was like, this guy was like, I heard this guy go, like, yo, man, I like your hat. And I turn around, I walk over, and it was Justin Bieber and Haley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, Justin. I've shot Justin a few times. So, oh, like, dope. Yeah, so we kind of knew each other, you know, we kind of know each other a little bit um, in in the fam, but like he didn't know it was me because I had long hair and the last last time I had saw him, I had a shaved head. So yeah, um, he's like, yo, this hat's dope. He's, I was like, yeah, man, I made it. He's like, oh, that's super cool. So at that point, you know, then, and then I had another person uh, like a week later tell me they, or a publicist want me to, was wanted me to make one for uh, somebody for the Grammys or something like that. And I was like, Oh sweet. Okay. I better get my ass in gear and like do something <laughs> about this. So I created an Instagram. It's just Onken hat is my Onken obviously is my last name and just started doing creating. I, I invested in a bunch of the, the tools and everything to start making them. And um, eventually just, it's all right now it's all custom commissions. I just do one of a Dumb. kind, just kind of channeled to that person and, and who they are almost kind of like the photography. It's just like this expression and this collaboration. What is your definition of trust and believe Nick? You know, I think that's a great question. Cause I, I, you know, for me, it's really so much about trusting in the power of the universe and trusting that, you know, the universe has my back and that things are going to be, all right. And things are going to be magical. You know, I, I believe that whatever you believe gets manifested and created in this 3D world. And, you know, I want to live a magical, mystical life. Well, I believe you are definitely doing that. Um, 
tell everyone where they can find you besides Unkin Hats because I know I'm going there as soon as I get off this <laughs> podcast recording. But where else can people find you? And, you know, especially your your course is coming out. Is it out yet or is it? It's coming? not it out. Coming? No, I'm okay. we're still kind of in development of, uh, with it. Um, I'm going down to Puerto Rico this week to speak around identity alchemy. And so it's 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 being developed all the way from like a couple few hundred dollar course to as a DIY blueprint all the way up to where how you can work with me to build your personal brand as a visual consigliere advisor. Um, so we're going to create a, a line or a uh, offering of services in between. So uh, the best place to find me would be at Nick Onkin on Instagram. So you can get to everything from there. Uh, all the other, my hat, Instagram, photography, podcasts, um, and Onkin.co is my website, which has everything as well. We will definitely be going there. Nick, thank you so much for your candidness, your openness, sharing your creativity. And I'm I 100% I'm 100% sure that people will take some really great gems away from you speaking. And you're such a calm soul, which is really great. I mean, I just thank you. You're so calm and inviting into your energy so everyone please go check out Nick's podcast go follow him on instagram he is if you're if you're not watching this on youtube he's a really fine looking young man you know he has amazing style dope hats glasses long hair go check him out nick thank you so much man i appreciate it thank you for having me